We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone. I am Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. Perpetual Chess is a weekly chess interview show with accomplished chess players, authors, personalities, and adult improvers where they discuss their lives, their careers, and share tips about how to improve at chess. For more information, go to perpetualchesspod.com. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Perpetual Chess. I am interviewing someone today who I never would have guessed I would be interviewing, and he probably didn't guess he was going to be on a chess podcast either until I reached out. Uh, he is an award-winning sports columnist and a best-selling author of six books. He's written for Sports Illustrated, NBC Sports, The Athletic, many other outlets, was twice named the Sports Columnist of the Year by the Associated Press. His most recent book, The Life and Afterlife of Harry Houdini, I picked up to skim through just to sort of be able to talk about it. And I ended up reading the whole thing and loving it, even though I'm not someone who was inherently interested in magic. But that's the kind of writer he is. He has uh, moved me to tears many times over the years, I have to admit. He's also a podcast host. He has a sports-adjacent podcast, I would say, called The Podcast, uh, co-hosted by Michael Shore, who, of course, is the creator of Parks and Rec and has worked on so many other landmark sitcoms here in the U.S. So always entertaining to listen to the podcast if you're inter interested in things like uh, sports and uh, drafting of cereals and stuff like that. Um, 
so with that, and I suppose I should mention something about chess. So it turns out that Joe is quite a chess enthusiast. I'd seen him tweeting at uh, Levy Rosman, Gotham chess a few times, and kind of seen that escalate over the past year or so as uh, many people's interest in chess has escalated recently. And then he, in his uh, Substack, which I am a loyal reader of, his uh, email newsletter, he recently wrote about chess and sort of fleshed out his relationship. So that was when I couldn't resist inviting him on the show. And lo and behold, here he is. So let's welcome Joe Posnanski to the show. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Absolutely. Thank you. I, I can assure everyone that uh, I am the worst chess player that you will ever have on this podcast. So I think that's, <laughs> that is something I take a great deal of pride in. Well, congratulations. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's true because we do interview chess businessmen and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, some of them are a little, maybe perhaps a little sensitive about your rating, their ratings. We were, we were talking before we recorded, you are, um, you are not ashamed of, uh, of your chess addiction. You, you know, your column that you wrote was about sort of your love hate relationship and your chess.com uh, profile is not hard to find. And you're rated about 1150. Can you confirm or deny this, Joe? I can confirm. Yes, I'm uh, roughly between 11 and 1200 normally, but uh, uh, very excited. I hit 1800 in puzzles, so I, I'm uh, I, I feel uh, like uh, I must be getting better. That's great. That's good to hear. Yeah. And there's a lot of sort of threads to pull on from, I don't know how many words it was. It took a few minutes for me to read, but from this column that you wrote, but why don't we start with sort of big picture? So you mentioned in that column that your dad was a chess master, which I didn't know. So tell us a bit about your dad and uh, your your early entrance into chess. Yeah. My, my father, was, I grew up in Cleveland and uh, my father uh, was, uh, 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 you know, very much of a a chess player. I mean, would play every week in 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 various uh, clubs and in tournaments. And actually, out uh, there's a wonderful little coffee shop in in uh, in Cleveland called Arabica that uh, that there would all these chess enthusiasts would get around and and play outside. And and he would sometimes join in on that. Uh, so he was and he was quite good. It's it's been difficult for me to 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 sort of gauge. Uh, you know, I know that at one point he was rated. Uh, above 2000. And I know that uh, he won some version, some level of the Cleveland Open, uh, which was quite a big deal in, in our household. So uh, so he was very, very good. And he taught me chess when I was very, very young. And, uh, you know, I think was hoping that I would, it would take for me. And uh, it, it didn't really. I mean, I played a lot when I was, when I was a kid, just because I played uh, with him and, and, and I would try to, you know, sometimes he would take me along to the club and I would, I would play some of the, some of the people there. Um, so I played some, but, I, but I definitely lost, um, touch with chess for years and years and years after that. And, uh, it wasn't really until the weirdest of all places, uh, a, a running back named Priest Holmes, uh, sort of brought me back into chess and, uh, and I've sort of been, uh, haunted by it ever since. Nice. Yeah. Priest Holmes, an American football player for the international listeners. And Joe has written about his chess games with uh, Priest Holmes uh, over the decades. So um, playing against someone like that, so that piqued your interest. And I read somewhere the scouting report that, that Priest, Priest Holmes gave of you where he said, you, you know, 
you you were a little aggressive and eventually would mess up or something like that. If I remember, yeah, correctly. he said I was a, I was a good player, but I choked. Was okay, exactly, right, right. Sorry. Was, was his precise uh, scouting report? Yeah, Priest Holmes for for those who are an international listeners, he was. At one point, you know, as good uh, a running back as there was in in professional football, he set a record for most touchdowns, and and uh, it was during that stage of time when he was performing at this incredibly high level that he started. We just started playing chess weekly uh, before games. It, it started with a story that I was doing, but I think he he loved it. He loves chess, and he thought it was sort of something that took him away from the pressure of the moment and 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 the sort of grind that was the weekly practices and and so every friday we would play and then on sundays uh he would perform and and be a superstar on the field and and then uh the next friday we'd play again it was a, it was a really a great insight in him and it really did kindle something in me about chess yeah and you describe in one of the things you wrote about it, like him spending like 20 minutes on a move. So these are like epic confrontations. This is not like you fly, you don't know, throw the pieces around good game and back to the practice. It sounds like they were really serious endeavors. Yeah. It, there was almost the way I recall them, almost every game I would get a sizable advantage. I would, I would, I would win, you know, win a piece or, or be a piece ahead or, or have him in some sort of danger. And I don't think he liked anything more than, getting out of that. I mean, he kind of felt like he always knew that he was going to be able <laughs> to get out of it. And uh, that was wonderful for him. It was terrible for me. I mean, it was, you know, that, that feeling that you have, you know, uh, a, a game pretty much in hand and and then just to time after time, after time, watch the guy come back and beat you is uh, it's not the best feeling in chess. I'm sure everybody can feel that one. Oh yeah. We, we all know that feeling, but I mean, yeah, to have the chance to beat like a world-class athlete in, in anything, you know, yeah. like, I'm, sure, I'm sure that makes it, uh, makes it burn even a bit more. So did you ever beat him, Joe? I did. I did actually beat him a couple of times. Uh, we actually had one, this weird, weird experience, uh, where he had gotten hurt badly and, uh, had to sit out for, you know, six months, seven months where he literally couldn't do anything. And I went to visit him in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, and he was, he was, you know, rehabilitating and trying to come back. And, uh, and then, you know, I, I was interviewing him and then he said, you want to play some chess? And I said, yo, sure. And anytime you want to play. And we ended up playing in uh, a restaurant that I don't believe is international, uh, a Hooters in San Antonio, <laughs> Texas. Um, with uh, just he literally got a table. He he brought his set, and uh, and I beat him. We played two or three times, and I won all of them that day. And I just I told him he could always beat me anywhere except for a Hooters. That's if we were, if we were inside a Hooters restaurant, forget it. I was going to win. Nice, yeah. So Hooters for for the aforementioned international listeners, um, it's kind of like a sports bar where famous for the women being uh, scantily clad at it. It's not maybe I was married at the time, so maybe my he was distracted and I was focused. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I'm married now. I'm not wasn't just married at the time, but yes. right. <laughs> um, yeah, and and we should say again. We're we're really gonna we're gonna try to stick to chess. I, as I was telling Joe before we started recording, I'm I'm a huge huge fan of his work and have been for years. Although I think he hears a lot. A lot of people like, even though I'm a sports fan, my favorite writing is is often about his being a dad. Like when he writes about being a dad, he has a very famous 
piece that went viral about uh, taking his daughter to see Hamilton. Um, but I'm I'm most interested because obviously a writer of Joe's stature is, you know, the reason you get to be an award-winning writer is sort of your ability to sort of uh, observe uh, patterns in the human condition. And for, for me to hear him talk about chess and sort of contextualize what we here in the chess world have been experiences as chess boom is something I look forward to. Um, so without further ado, Joe, you talk a lot about your favorite content creators in, in your newsletter, but I guess I want to hear about that, but I guess we should bring it forward. So you're interested in chess over the years. You mentioned you read a few books and you mentioned it accelerated in the past year and a year, year and a half. But aside from the priest Holmes thing, how often were you playing chess in the intervening, say, 10 years? I would say not very often at all. Um, I would every now and again. I was always interested in in chess books, but not necessarily uh, instruction books. I, I was really interested in the Bobby Fischer Goes to War book. For oh, instance. great book! Yeah, or, yeah, which is wonderful. And uh, uh, a friend of mine uh, and and someone who I actually share a literary agent with wrote a book, a chess history, uh, which was which was excellent. But again, it wasn't. It, it did build around, you know, the immortal game and all that, but it wasn't really a chess, uh, you know, uh, Was instruction. That the David Jank one. Yeah. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, I would read about it occasionally. My father stopped, my father has stopped playing chess, uh, which is kind of a shame. He actually asked me a couple of weeks ago to get him a chess set. So I, which is, he wants to like an automatic electronic chess set. And, uh, uh, so I'm going to do that for him, but but uh, yeah, I would say I played almost never. Uh, you know, every now and again, interestingly enough, because of the Priest Holmes thing, uh, an athlete would ask me to play chess. Uh, a baseball player or or a basketball player uh, would say, "Hey, I, I play chess. We ought to play online." I I played against uh, Daryl Morey, who is the uh, now the yeah. general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers, and he beat me. Uh, but yeah, so I would occasionally get those sorts of things. But almost never. I it was definitely it was not for me the Queen's Gambit, which I know, you know, was such a was such a lightning rod for chess for so many people, even though I watched Queen's Gambit and liked it. Um, I think it was the pandemic. I just think it was, you know, I'm at home and and uh, you know, I was looking for things to do and you know, I have all these sort of quirky interests in magic and 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 some other things. And I just thought, wow, you know, I had a I had to play some chess. I had to try to get you know, better at chess. It, it's, I've always feel good when I'm playing well. And, and I, I think that it does so many things for you, you know, mentally, and I had to start trying to get better. And, and so I entered the world and I got to tell you, I knew nothing about it. I mean, it was walking into the world of chess and, and, uh, and seeing all of these content creators and understanding, you know, some of the, some of the greatest players in the world and, and the strategies. And I, it's, it, it was wide open for me. Nice. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, Joe, and then we're going to dig deeper into uh, your your power rankings. Uh, your, we'll do a draft of, uh, of chess content creators. Perpetual Chess is proud to be brought to you in part by Chessable.com. Chessable, of course, is known for its proprietary move trainer technology, which utilizes space repetition to quiz you and make sure that you remember whatever tactical patterns or opening sequences that you're working on. They have a huge catalog of great 
books from top flight authors, both for purchase. And if you check for their short and sweet courses, you can find tons of free content. Speaking of free content, Chessable, of course, has also recently launched an adult improvement focused chess podcast called How to Chess with yours truly hosting it. Check for it on Chessable's YouTube channel, and you can also subscribe on the podcast platforms. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we are back. And I'm just kidding about the draft, although the, he does have these epic drafts on his podcast of the most uh, random things in the world. So um, a a uh, draft of chess content creators would be quite at home there on the podcast, but we won't, we yes. won't, we won't steal his material. <laughs> so with that out of the way, Joe, you talk a lot about how you sort of got into the online world. So walk us through your sort of YouTube progression. Do you remember the first YouTube video you watched? And then how did you, how did it sort of, uh, you know, uh, grow from there? The, yes, I, I actually have a pretty pretty clear memory. Um, I started watching. Uh, is it Agadmater? I don't know. Agadmater, yeah. Agadmater, yeah. Um, who I guess you know, it's, it's probably the biggest, maybe the biggest in the world. I don't know. Um, but I just started watching some of his videos, uh, and you know how it is in YouTube. You watch one, and then they every time you go on YouTube, they present you several others, and uh, I started watching uh, more and. Loved them. You know, I just thought the videos were so fun. I, I loved going through these games. It was it was really interesting to me because at the time I I didn't I didn't play chess. Uh like I didn't I had a I probably had a chess.com account. I can't remember when I started that, but I didn't go on there and play. I was just really interested in watching him break down these 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 games and uh uh you know just watching the genius of uh, Magnus Carlsen is just, you know, was really interesting to me. And I felt really good because I felt like I could follow the logic. Like I, I couldn't do it myself, but I felt like I understood. He would say, you know, we're, we're, you know, he's trying to open up the middle here. He's trying to close off the middle. He's trying to do this, trying to do this. And I just thought that was so interesting. And, and uh, so he was the first, and I would say for a long time, he was the only one that I was watching uh, a long time, a couple of months. He was the only one that I was watching and was still pretty unaware of the sort of larger content world that's out <laughs> there, which is obviously huge. And, and I was not aware of that. I kind of thought like, Hey, here's one guy. I'm sure there's others, but I mean, he sort of seems to be the biggest thing going. I bought some of his merch and I mean, it was really, really focused. The girls would love, coming upstairs, my daughters are now uh, 19 and uh, 16 and they would come upstairs and I'd be watching and they would love, they would just stay just for him to say the, that little, hello, everybody. <laughs> and then they would leave. They didn't want to see anything else, but that was enough for them. Um, so that's where it started. And, and, uh, you know, I, it got me interested enough that I started thinking about playing, but I mean, I was definitely watching him for a long time before I started playing. Okay. 
Yeah, and uh, uh, Agamotto or Antonio, of course, he's legendary. I did do an interview with him about uh, his background um, for listeners who who haven't gotten that far back in the archive. But yeah, and Joe, to to answer what you alluded to about the most popular, um, I actually earlier this week it'll be out a couple weeks before our interview interviewed uh, your another person we'll get to Levy Rosman. And as we record. Uh, Agamater, Hikaru Nakamura, and Levi Rosman are within, you know, basically inches of each other in terms of wow. being the most popular. But Levi yeah. seems to be on a slightly uh, steeper ascension. So sooner or later, it seems like he's going to be the most popular. Although I'm, um, you know, I'm fans of of all three of theirs. Um, so okay, so finally, so you're watching Agamater, and of course he, you know, he he uh, hit on the secret formula of keeping the video reasonably short setting an atmosphere, you know, he's got the uh, distinctive voice, as you alluded to, he's got Mado, yep. the chess dog, chilling in the background. <laughs> so he's, you know, he he's really uh, built a huge following through the just sort of relaxing uh, friend showing you a game tone that he's built. And then do you remember how you finally discovered the the bigger world that you alluded to? I think what was happening, I think it was purely a YouTube thing. I think YouTube started showing me other people. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I wrote a little bit about this in the story. I didn't, I didn't, we haven't been, talked about it here, but I actually met Hikaru, uh, a few years ago when I was, as a sports writer, I was doing a story on a, a legendary, uh, old baseball player named Stan Musial. And I was, uh, going to interview another legendary old baseball player named Bob Gibson, uh, both of them who are, are gone now. But, uh, but I was in a restaurant to interview Bob Gibson and the person who was sort of handling everything said, I, I would love to introduce you to uh, Hikaru. And I said, great. And I had no idea who it was. I, I had no idea who he was. Um, and he said, no, this, this guy is, you know, and this was before he, you know, he, he was certainly successful, but I don't, I don't know that he'd won a U.S. championship or anything at that point. Um, and I talked to him and I loved talking to him. So, uh, and he was great. And he, at the time he was telling me how he really wanted to make chess more popular in America. He, you know, he saw that as one of his biggest, uh, biggest goals was to really build up chess in, in the United States. And, and we, you know, we exchanged numbers and said that I would, you know, we would try, I would try to do a story on him. I think I was working for Sports Illustrated at the time. Uh, and it never came about, but uh, I was aware of Hikaru. So I saw Hikaru was on, uh, you know, there was videos of Hikaru doing things. And I watched those and I liked them. I didn't like them, to be perfectly honest, as much as I liked um, uh, Agad Mater. And, uh, and then I started watching Eric Rosen. So Eric Rosen was next. And, uh, and you know, I don't know where he stands in the grand scheme of things. Um, but I really liked it. I liked the way he... Uh, broke things down. I liked that he was sort of giving us little little traps. I liked, you know, I liked the yeah. uh, him him showing us the Stafford Gambit. I, that I would say that that Eric probably more than anybody got me playing again because I started started watching him do the, especially particularly with the Stafford Gambit, and I thought, well, I want to try that, you know, and and you, you try that on Chess.com and and lose nine games in a row. And then, and then one guy falls for it and, <laughs> right. and you feel like you're on top of the world. And um, so, so I would say that Eric uh, and his content, and at this point, it's clear that this is all blowing up. I mean, this is definitely post uh, Queens Gambit, the, the, the show and, uh, and everybody's sort of getting into chess and that eventually 
led me to uh, to Gotham Chess and has become by far my favorite uh, of them all. Nice. Yeah. And you you write about this at length. And of course, I'll I'll link to the piece and, and everyone listening should should read Joe's piece if you haven't already. But um, so just to give you a bit more context about Eric, I mean, everybody loves him, basically. I mean, as, yeah. you, as you say, he's not he's not um, quite as popular. I mean, he's still huge and obviously very successful, both as a Twitch streamer and a, a YouTube content creator. But he's been on this show a few times. But more than that, just uh, guest after guest comes on and says, oh, he helped me with this. He helped me with that, you know, in terms of like the the behind the scenes, the analytics of YouTube, um, stuff like that. So that's the scuttlebuck on Eric. Now, Levy, of course, great guy. I mean, I think he's a great guy, but uh, he's not um, he's not as uh, universally beloved because he he shoots from the hip much more so than Eric. Um, So what is it about Levy that uh, that that drew you in? Well, Eric, look, you know, obviously all I know about these people, other than Hikaru, who I've talked to, all I know about these people is what I see, right? right. So Eric comes across as a super nice guy. I mean, yeah. that, that, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty clear that he's, he's a good guy. He's, he's, you know, obviously terrific, uh, you know, mind and, and terrific at, you know, breaking things down. And, and so that was fun on a whole different level. I, uh, what I would say about Levy uh, and Gotham Chess is, is it's just so entertaining. It's, right. He's just he really is a natural uh, entertainer. He's very very funny. Uh, I think he is, and it's funny. It's like a, it's funny within the world of chess. Like if anybody who doesn't play chess or follow chess watched it, I, I don't think they would have any idea what's going on. But to watch him respond, particularly my favorite. Uh, thing that he does is the uh, is the uh, guess the elo where you know where he has a couple of his uh, you know people send him uh, games and then he guesses what the elo is of of those players and w- the reactions he has to some of the bad moves is is just hysterical to me because it's exactly if if I could put a picture of what I feel like when I make one of those moves, right. it would be Levy screaming at me like, bro, what are, what are you doing, dude? You know, um, that's the voice I hear in my head. So I, you know, I just think he's very, very funny, but I also think he's, you know, he, he definitely feels to me like he, there's so much passion that he puts into it. You know, not that, I mean, of course Eric does too, and all of them do, but you can feel the passion he feels for for not just for chess, but for for trying to make chess more accessible to people. And and uh, you know, I think he's I think he's terrific. I think he's absolutely terrific. And uh, uh, so he's my favorite um, streamer. But but he would he's not necessarily my favorite. I bought a couple of his uh, courses, and they're good. I really like them a lot. But my favorite when it comes to the courses. Uh, is uh, is the guy, and you'll know who it is. The the ginger GM. Oh yeah, um, Simon Williams. So yeah, I love his courses. Like I love the way he breaks down. I bought a, a couple of them. I've you know tried to do his his uh, Jabava London and his and his regular London, and uh, I've tried to I've tried. You know, I, I'm not super successful. Um, but you know, but I'll, let me say something else about courses from a purely amateur not very good player the one problem with these courses is that they really set you up against the best moves uh you know they kill you and i'm the people i'm playing are not making the best moves 
So I don't know how to respond at all to bad moves and and then I make an even worse move and then and then I lose and that's so it's uh uh it, I found that to be very very interesting that uh you know I I bought these courses and I followed them and they've been they certainly have made me a better player uh but uh but I'm constantly finding myself going well wait a minute they're supposed to they're supposed to move the 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 sea pawn and they're not moving you know and it just and 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 then I'm done yeah I, everyone knows that feeling like uh you know you you memorize these um reams of theory especially as you continue to get stronger and you know what you're supposed to do against a certain move but then when they don't play right. you're like hey could you play the move that I actually <laughs> know what to do against like even you know it's, it's a better, a better it's move. a better move yeah it's a better move you, you <laughs> just, just saying that. yeah you, you might want to know that so I mean the only thing I can advise Joe and uh this is not original advice coming from me is just Every time that happens, try to learn one more move, you know, and luckily, like, even if it's not in the course, you can just turn on the engine uh, with the uh, the uh, the post game analysis on chess.com. And at least you'll know the best move. You might not even understand why at the time. <laughs> I mean, it's good to try to futz around and try to figure out why. But even if you can't, I mean, and we'll get to your coach, too. You can, of course, ask your coach, which is a great thing to do. Um but anyway, just like inches at a time, you know, one move at a time, you'll learn more and more. And pretty soon you'll find you know how to punish a few of those moves that that you weren't expecting. Um, but this is all this has all been fun. But I want to dig a little deeper into your own game, Joe, because that's really where the rubber meets the road, obviously. But first, sure. we're going to take uh, one more break and hear from our sponsors. Perpetual Chess is brought to you in part by aimchess.com. If you haven't checked out aimchess.com by now, what are you waiting for? What aimchess does is it collects your games from the major chess sites and then gives you actionable advice of how to improve your game. It might be to work on a specific opening or to get better at end games or improve your time management or whatever it may be. And then it gives you related puzzles to help you improve that specific skill. They are constantly improving the site. They recently added blindfold tactics, time management training, common checkmate patterns. So there's so much to do there. If you decide to subscribe, be sure to use the promo code PERPETUAL30. Details are in the show notes for aimchess.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so... Joe Poznanski on chess.com rated about 1150. Joe, by the way, I have to admit that I, I looked at two of your games um, last night. Um, and one of them was very true to form because you, and it was from yesterday. I don't know if you've played in the past like 12 hours or whatever, but you were like winning, 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 winning. And then like you, your queen just got a little too aggressive and got stuck on F6 and like, boom, and I, it all unraveled. It I know exactly the game you're talking about. I, you know, Here's so if I had to describe my biggest chess weakness because I and I have many many chess weaknesses but if I had to describe my biggest chess weakness it is I never stop I never give up on an attack even after that attack is no longer vital it's no longer valid there's nothing to do so in the game you're talking about the the my opponent i was i was winning i was clearly winning and i i won a i won a bishop with a with a you know with 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 the way i played 
and I was doing okay. And I had a situation set up where I, I felt like I was really close to a checkmate and he brought his rook over and brought his queen back. And I was not even close to a checkmate. I, there was there was nothing. I had no attack whatsoever. But in my mind, I still had an attack, right. and I'm still trying to sort of, you know, move around and mess around. And next thing I knew, my queen was trapped, and it was over. So uh, that wasn't the best. Yeah, I mean, what I would say, Joe, is uh, so I am going to have to do one sports analogy. The prevent defense gets lampooned in football. Basically, the idea for for listeners not so familiar with football is it's a way to play to nurse a lead. Basically, yeah. you and a lot of coaches are so, sort of over aggressive with the prevent defense. And then it ends up sort of backfiring because you're like, well, I don't want to give up a big play, but then you're giving up 10 small plays instead. Yeah. And it, it, so a lot of sort of the more analytically focused chess, I mean, sports fans will, uh, there's now been a backlash against the prevent defense. And of course for, for soccer fans, there's obviously a corollary if you're up two goals or something like that. Now, what I'll say is in chess, the prevent defense is actually much more effective. In yeah. chess, when you're up material, you just want to take the air out of the ball, you know, just <laughs> trade some trade some pieces off, and you don't have to go for the quick kill anymore because in that game, you were up a piece, you know? Yeah. So your attack was good. You outplayed him throughout, or her, I'm not sure, through about the first 20, 25 moves. But then once you get up a piece, you can kind of take your foot off the gas more yeah. so than you can in other competitive endeavors. Um, yeah. I saw which, what I did. I did analyze that after it was over. I did go through with the computer and what the computer said was exactly just trade Queens. That was yeah. literally what I needed to do was trade Queens. And, uh, I was in a position and, uh, but I wouldn't give up on that attack. I've got to do that. I've got to, I've got to start. Uh, I, I, I'm not a prevent defense as, as, as our friend priest Holmes would tell you, I've, I've <laughs> never been able to get that prevent defense down, but right. I do need to get that down. And I did in that particular game. I mean, we shouldn't go too deep on it because this is an audio only podcast, but you there's an element of luck in chess whether people admit it or not like in the in the macro sense there's not you get the results you deserve but in the micro sense and like it didn't it wasn't preordained that your queen would have zero squares when they attacked it you know like you know there could have been one square and then you're still a genius because as long as you don't lose your queen you you would have won that game so um you know these things happen, but you know, we, we, we learn from them and move on, which all of this is a good segue to your coach. So again, you talk about this in the story. So why don't you tell the story of how, what led you to uh, FM Mikhail Perlstein as your, your chess coach? Yeah, well, I actually, this was a pretty direct line. I saw a video by his son, Eugene Perlstein, uh, who I guess a grandmaster. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was a good, it was a great video and it was a video about how to deal with uh, gambits, uh, and including the Stafford gambit, like how to, how to make sure to, to not fall into the traps of these, of these various gambits. And, uh, I liked it very much. And he was listed on chess.com as a teacher, as a potential coach. And I thought, well, you know, I had to get a coach. I mean, why not? Why, why, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm around coaches all the time. I, I think this would be this would be great. So I reached out to him, and he said that he didn't. He's not doing that now. He's he's focusing on uh, on competitive play and and so on. But he he recommended his father, and he said my father took me to to you know to become an international master and a grandmaster, and uh, you know he would he would be wonderful for you to work with. So I've been working with him. I've, I've actually, the last few weeks we've, uh, uh, I've been too busy. So I've not had, uh, much time with him, uh, in recent weeks, but, 
he's fantastic. Just so fun. And it was so different than what I thought working with a chess coach would be. I, I really thought working with a chess coach would be a lot of drudgery, a lot, not, not in a bad way, but just a lot of, okay, let's work. You know, we're going to, we're going to really break down the end game. We're really going to break down, you know, what, what you should be thinking about. But the way that we did it, he, he, he broke down my individual games. We went through a few of the games that I played during the week. And uh, he showed me a couple of, uh, you know, more, uh, you know, sounder openings, uh, particularly for black and and we did go through some end game stuff and did go through some other some other things and it was really really fun and and uh, you know as as my schedule hopefully lightens a little bit I want to go back to it it was I thought it was really good and it definitely it made me a better player for sure I mean you know and and it was something that you know I was I was really sink I was sunk in the nine hundreds uh, you know from from uh, on my elo and I was. I lost at one point. I had this unbelievable streak of losing like nineteen or twenty in a row. It felt like, and uh, and I just it's it's so interesting to me that chess can be so there there could be so much like built on your confidence and on how yeah. how you feel that particular day and 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 I just started getting in my head and and I would just make blunder after blunder and and he really worked with me on just trying to see the board in a different way in a better way and and uh and he always had this very funny thing he still he does when whenever i make a real mistake he'll just show me another move and go the, the better you know and i'd be like <laughs> yeah no that that is better that would that would have been the right move for me to make and he always kind of you know like oh, i'm sure that you would have thought of this if you had, had spent a little more time on it uh which is probably not true but uh but uh, very <laughs> Very fun guy to work with. Nice. Well, I'll say a few things, Joe. Number one, um, I'm friendly with Eugene Perlstein. He's been on this podcast. He was recently on my new venture, How to Chess. So in addition to checking out his chess.com video, which I know Eugene said is doing really well, I think it resonated with a lot of people beside you. I recommend people check out Eugene's other content as well, his website, Chess Openings Explained. And also, Eugene mentioned, I should mention, that uh, his dad, Mikhail, has a few more openings for serious students. So if anyone's... Uh, interested, you can reach Eugene through Chess Openings Explained or find him on Twitter or whatever. Um, so just wanted to throw that in there. But more importantly, the reason I reached out to Eugene was to get the scouting report, Joe. I had to get uh, I had to get Mikhail's comments. So via Eugene, uh, I, I got the straight dope on you. <laughs> um, but the, the first thing he said, Joe, is that, you know, the hook in your column was I hate chess, but he said he doesn't hate chess. He loves chess. Um, he said, it's clear that you love chess, but what you hate is losing. Um, and he said, <laughs> yeah. and he said, you're, you're a sports junkie at heart. And you know, anyone who's really into sports often, there's sort of a competitive, um, background to that, that, that can be the impetus for, for improving in chess. So do you confirm or deny these, uh, allegations, Joe? He is, he is 100% right. And it's, it's, I don't hate losing and, and, and Mikhail would, would know this. And, and we've talked about this. I don't hate losing in the sense of a competitive thing. I hate losing because I, I know I should be better. Like, it's like right. if I get outplayed by a really good player, which has happened uh, now and again, where I'll play a very good man, I'll feel like I'll play very well, but the guy's just better than me. I love that. At the end of that match, I feel great. I'll usually send, a, you know, the person a note saying, you know, that was so much fun for me. You're, you know, it's great. It's when I play 
badly and blow you know games i it just drives me crazy and and it's so i am competitive in that way i'm competitive and like i don't i have higher expectations for myself than i probably should based on my own chess ability um but uh that's really good for him to hear him say that that's uh (laughs) he's very fun he's really really fun that's great. Yeah. And, and Joe, obviously like everyone feels that way, the way that you describe, I mean, and everyone has that sort of like love hate thing too. I mean, maybe there's <laughs> some people for whom it's, it's pure love, but yeah, it just feels so personal when like, you know, when you make a, a, a blunder, uh, when anyone makes a blunder yeah. that, yeah, it's just vexing and it's a, you know, I'm, I'm rated in the 2100s and it's the same thing. It's just, you know, and I feel the same way when I lose, like, okay, sometimes you just get outplayed and you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but, but it's the unforced errors that are just uh, singularly Ugh. aggravating in chess. Um, well, yeah, like in the mat, in the game we were talking about that I played yesterday where I, when I got my queen trapped that moment, you know, everything's going and I feel like I'm winning and I feel great. And I feel like yeah, I'm playing pretty well. I mean, I, I didn't feel like that was as, you know, I played better games recently, but I was playing well enough. And that moment where he pulls the rook over and I realize my queen is trapped and just like, you are the dumbest person on earth. You're just <laughs> right. absolutely the single. And then I hate chess. So that's like, that's yeah. what, that's what gets me to hate chess. I don't hate chess. I hate myself for, for, for doing that. And then of course you hung your rook a few moves later, like it unravels, as you said, there's like the trend and then. <laughs> well, but uh, yeah, at that point, that's the other thing. By the way, that's my other. My, if I if my second fatal flaw is I never make a mistake without following it up with another mistake ever. I like once once my my mind is like, oh man, this is lost. I just lose complete focus on the board, and and uh, I got to get better about that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's a constant challenge. And I will say, the other game I looked at, your opponent just punted off everything, you know. So it does work both ways. Um, so <laughs> it did. I, you know, and, and that was an easy, an easy win, which is which is always feels good. But I always feel the empathy for the other person who's think I must think in their what how bad they feel about themselves, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, which is empathy is. Um, yeah, sometimes it doesn't feel real over the computer, but there there is another human there. It's uh, there's another human it, on the other side, exactly. Yeah, it's good to keep in mind. So a little bit more on the blunders, uh, and actually the topic of the video I did with Eugene was like how to how to avoid losing. I mean, how to sort of limit blunders. But is that something you're you're working directly on, other than the sort of meta analysis that you're doing with FM Mikhail Perelstein? Um. Yeah, no, definitely focusing on blunders, and I, I would say that the two things are, of course, what what uh, what my coach uh, has been talking to me about, which is you know been very good about seeing the board, and then uh, also thinking, which I'm very undisciplined about, but when I'm disciplined about it, it's good, is thinking about the the uh, Gotham chess idea of looking for checks, the uh, uh, captures, and attacks first. Uh, and, and when that does happen, cause I haven't, I play fast, which I shouldn't, I, you know, because right. that's, that's what happens is I think, you know, I always, it's always funny cause you hear people who don't play chess say, Oh, how many moves ahead do you think? I think three moves ahead. The problem is that they're the wrong three moves. I've, I've just already got <laughs> right. what my next move is going to be. It's like, it's, yeah. it's not hard to think moves ahead. It's hard to think good moves ahead. Um, so yeah, so I you know as far as that, but when I can slow myself down 
and say, okay, look, I know this is the best move, uh, or I think this is the best move, but let me look and see. And be, then I really am much better about not seeing blunders. I, you know, I, and, and I'm sure this, I'm hardly alone in this. I forget. I, the reason I, the, the, that I blundered the rook, if I'm not mistaken, is the queen had gone to the other side of the board and I just forgot about it. They're, they're right. a queen. Yeah, the long I range. Forgot. I just forgot. Like, oh yeah, they've got a queen there. I, I didn't even think about it. So, so I, I like lose focus of half the board and, and, uh, uh, so I'm trying to open my mind on those sorts of things. So does he have you doing any puzzles? Do you have like a regimen or is this more sort of like, you know, I'll get lessons. It's fun. I'm playing. But like, because we talk a lot about sort of training regimens on the podcast as well. So how hard are you? Are you uh, hitting the books, Joe? Uh, he's he's giving me puzzles every week. Uh, I get puzzles, which I love. I actually really love the puzzles. Like I mentioned at the top, I mean, uh, I, I do a lot of chess.com puzzles. I'm very proud of an 1800 rating on, on, uh, puzzles. I, I, I want to believe that's going to lead to better chess, uh, as we go forward. Um, so, so yeah, we do a lot. He does a lot. We were, I, I said earlier that he's, he's not a guy that, that we spent a lot of time on the, on the end game, but that's not true. We do. We spent a lot of time on the end game and, uh, and he's given me numerous puzzles, uh, on the end game, and I kind of feel like I'm a decent end game. Like I, like I kind of understand some of the basic concepts of the end game. But he, every puzzle he gives me completely baffles me. I always, he's like, "All right, where do you move your king?" And I'll move my king, and he'll go, "That's the place you move. You you can't win." You <laughs> right? It's like instantly. So uh, we do do quite a bit of puzzles. Mostly, what we do though uh, is definitely go over games that I played. Really, really focus on on uh on on trying to and we go over not just you know mistakes or whatever but but hey this this was a good move but did you think about this did you consider you know attacking here uh pawn play a lot of a lot of talk about uh pawn play I, that's it's certainly not a strength of mine and uh and and you know and then and then just gen- oh and then and then he's like i say he's given me a couple of openings uh to to work on so you know one of the big things is that I now play the Scandinavian uh, on uh, on e4, and and uh, uh, so he he's worked with me quite a bit on that, like nice. things like that. So sounds pretty uh, pretty holistic. Sounds good. Those those Ukrainians, the end games are in their blood. So, oh, <laughs> so yeah, you're you're in good hands. <laughs> and you mentioned uh, your daughters. I mean, it sounds like one is already college age, the other one is approaching. Um, your daughter's, of course, famous to me from reading you over the years. But um, uh, so, dare I ask, Joe? Maybe when they go to college, any thoughts of uh, trying out a chess tournament? Maybe I've been uh, invited uh, to to come to a couple of different chess tournaments. Um, I'm scared to death. <laughs> I, I, I mean, honestly, like the the one saving grace for me of playing chess.com is that I can't. The person who's across the board from me, they can't see me. Like that's like the idea that I'm going to be across the board from somebody and I'm going to make these blunders. I'll just literally go to my hotel room and I'll never come out again. I'll be so <laughs> ashamed. Um, I think it would be fun. I, you know, I, I, I'm still torn. I don't know if you ever feel this way. I mean, you're such a good player, and and you know, I almost like studying chess as much as I like playing it. Oh, that's you very know? common. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I love watching breakdowns of, of, of turn of games. I love 
to sort of just go in and 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 take a look at at how openings work and 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 different ways. So I like that's that's almost as much fun for me or more fun for me in some places uh, than actually getting on the board and playing. So uh, I don't know. I I got to get better. I I just got to get better before I feel like I can step on uh you know step out there and and be in public with it okay i i totally understand and and what i'll say you know much as i would love to say like come on in you know everything's gonna be fine like you you do feel heightened anxiety one does feel heightened anxiety playing over the board but it's also exhilarating when you put it together and play a good game so my stock advice joe is to try one at some point basically but no i I should yeah but then if you don't like it i'm not going to be like you got to keep you know you got to keep doing it like it might you know it might not be for everyone but it is you know especially someone like you who you know obviously you make your living observing patterns of human behavior i mean this is just its own world, as we'll get to in your your Houdini book. Um, uh, you know these these subcultures are fascinating just on their own. They really are. I would love to do it. You know, to just write about. A, you know, go to a chess tournament and really write about it. I, I do have a question for you. On that, as long as they were talking about this, uh, because all of the basically that I've been playing has been on chess.com or online. What when you go back to the board and the an actual chessboard and playing over the table against somebody, is that different? I mean, does I mean, is it harder to see the board? I don't know. I, I you know, I was wondering about that. Some people, you know, I'm I grew up analog chess. Um, so I'm, sure. but some people have told me that if you're if you're used to digital chess and you're going to play, you absolutely should practice with a set beforehand, even set up some of your puzzles on a set. So yes, oh. it's, a, it's a different feeling. You know, you've got to get used to the spatial orientation along with, as you say, the sort of social pressure that you're going to feel, whether it's, it's in your head or not. So, but as you get more, it, you know, as you progress, it, it becomes less of a thing. Um, but even then, I mean, you'll hear people, you'll like a lot of the trainers and grandmasters and stuff that I interview will say, when you solve puzzles, you have to set up a chess set because you have to sort of, um, mimic the feeling of needing to solve the problem with an actual chess set in front of you. So it, it is different. I would say. I'm going to have to do that because my daughters, you, you mentioned my daughters just for father's day, they got me a, uh, a, um, Harry Potter Lego chess set. Uh, that that I need to build. I haven't actually built it yet, uh, but it's a full. You know, it's a it, when when once I build it, it's a full Harry Potter chess set. Uh, and so I was thinking about setting it up right here next to my desk, and and uh, when I'm you know doing stuff to sort of start looking a little bit over the board and doing that sort of thing. So uh, I think that'd be good. That could be fun. I'd have to check out the Harry Potter set. I'm not super familiar with it, but one other just tiny word of warning: if you do play a tournament, they have very standard chess sets. Um, sure. So you might want to get used to that feeling if you're ever playing a Maybe tournament. A but, one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Joe, I do want to talk a bit about your Houdini book because I loved it. As I was mentioning to you previously, I'm never been that into magic. Actually, my uh, eight-year-old son has shown like moderate interest. So that was an extra impetus to read it. But I noticed you dropped a Karyakin reference in there, Sergei Karyakin. So that that was uh, yes. that was nice to see. And I also I saw that you tweeted that you can't compare chess to to anything. You said something like the more you play chess, the more you realize it can't be compared to anything. But still seeing, hearing all the people that you interviewed, like nerd out about magic, I, I did see some similarities to chess. Do, do you feel like you have enough uh, knowledge of both cultures to draw any comparisons? 
Yeah, I mean, look, I think any culture that you go into, whether it's, uh, you know, it's it's uh, geeky, you know, basketball fans or geeky, you know, magicians or geeky chess or whatever it is, people who are super passionate about something, um, there are lots of similarities. I mean, it's so, was so you know, I like magic. Uh, I, I, I always did. Again, it was something I, I learned from my father. And... I would go to these, you know, magic conventions uh, to be doing this book on Houdini. And by the way, when I started that book, I knew nothing about Houdini, knew nothing about magic. I it was it was just something that I was interested in, and and I ended up in these, you know, these crazy these crazy places, which was which was wonderful. But the thing that that strikes me is the, the the way the passion comes through, and you just are when you're around people who love something truly truly love something um it's it's contagious it's powerful and and you know the same thing with magic of course i love to watch magic performed at the highest level but there's nothing quite as fun as being next to a super skilled magician uh like my friend joshua jay just over lunch and having him show me what he's thinking about you know what he's thinking about with coins or with cards and I think it's got to be the same way with with chess. I, what drew me into this world uh, more than anything was the passion that that I saw from Eric Rose and what I saw from uh, Levy, that I saw from Hikaru. That that these people are not just great at this game. That it's it's something that consumes them in a in a in a really interesting way. And and when when you hear people talking about something they love that much. Uh, you can't help but love it a little bit yourself. And, and so I definitely think that there are super comparisons. Um, there was a very funny moment for me when I was doing the book. Uh, you know, I'd written five books, I think, at that point. And, and, so, and, and they were all sports books. And so when, when I started doing this, you know, I was used to, as a sports writer, I would go in and most people knew who I was or they they knew somebody I knew. This world was completely cut off. Completely nobody right. <laughs> cared about sports, nobody had any interest whatsoever. And you know, I I see a little comparison with that with with chess, not that chess people are quite as cut off from the sports world as uh, you know, you you hear Levy uh, talk about uh, talk about basketball or you I guess Eric Rosen is actually a very good tennis player, which is, yeah. uh, which is very interesting. I, I, I would love to play him in tennis. Um, but, but, you know, just seeing people who are so devoted to this thing and, and to sort of the exclusion of everything else. Uh, it's really interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I saw you mention in the, I think it was in the afterward that like the Venn diagram of magic fans and, um, <laughs> and, uh, sports writing fans, sports fans are what turned out to be pretty small. And I have to say, Joe, I, Very I sort of, like I have a, I have like a Patreon uh, page with about 400 subscribers and I'm like geeking out that I'm interviewing you. I'm super excited because I've been reading you for so long and I announced it and it was just crickets, you know, <laughs> even though obviously you, you've, you've got a great stature in the world of sports writing, but I think that Venn diagram might be fairly small too. And actually in the interview with Levy, that you'll be able to hear by the time this one comes out. I asked him about you because I said, you know, I'm a big fan. I see that you guys follow each other. I know he's been tweeting at you. And he's like, and he was basically like, yeah, I know I read his chess piece. You know, I know that he's very well known, but Levy's mainly an MMA and an NBA fan. Yeah. So uh, p- 
passing familiarity, but I encouraged him to, to read more of your stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, he, uh, uh, when I, uh, when I, uh, became a member of his Twitch, when I, when I did that, you know, the name popped up when I, when I became a member and he's like, wait, is that the baseball writer? And, oh, and, that's uh, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he knew, he knew that I was a baseball writer. And of course, like we say, we follow each other on, on, uh, on, uh, Twitter, but, but, uh, I don't think he cares about baseball particularly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, young. No, no one young you know, does. And I, I don't write MMA. I mean, I do write NBA, but I, I don't ever write MMA. So, uh, so that's, we probably wouldn't be crossing paths much now. Yeah. And I understand you, you have a baseball book coming out, right? The top, top 100 players. I, that's right. I do in September. Uh, it's called the baseball 100 and it is, it is just a countdown of the hundred greatest, uh, baseball players ever. And, uh, uh, very excited about it coming out. It's, I think it's going to be, really really great and i don't think there's a chess reference in there i actually it's very long it's uh it's three hundred thousand words um because it's you know i i write at length about each of the hundred players and uh and they just sent me the uh the index which is enormous the the index is like more than it's it's, it's like a thousand uh pages on on uh, on uh, word microsoft word or a hundred pages of Microsoft Word, and I was going through it, and I don't. I had like tennis players in there, and I had some actors in there, and I had some. I don't think I had any chess people in there. So uh, it's not too uh, late, Joe. Time. Get get it in there. <laughs> <laughs> See if I can push forward. Yeah. So, Joe, I I just have one or two more questions, if you don't mind. Um, I you mentioned um the possibility of like pitching a story to sports illustrated back in the day, if you were to write a chess story, whether it be sort of a feature length or a book, do, do you have a sense of like, what would be the most compelling thing from your vantage point? I, I would love to do a big piece on the, the, what the chess world is like now. I mean, it would be similar probably in my mind to, to Houdini. Um, obviously Houdini was built around one, uh, you know, magician, but it was the story, as you all well know, was was really about all of these people who who keep his memory alive, who who study him, who who are magicians themselves, and so on. Uh, I find the world of magic of uh, of chess and magic, but the world of chess today's world to be utterly fascinating, and and it's not something I fully grasp, but I I you know watch enough that I understand. That a lot of the high end super grandmaster chess is is so theoretical now, and 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 so you know it's very safe, and there are a lot of draws, and and I think that's very interesting. Obviously, the 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 supercomputers and and have you know how how much they've changed the game, and and uh, you know and and how much that that's fascinating to me. These these content creators. Uh, utterly fascinating to me i you know and and the fact that it's so much bigger than than i thought i mean i mean millions and millions and millions of people are playing this game all over the world and and uh it's it's really i i, I think it's a wonderful world and a wonderful story um and i'd love to do it i i would love to do that i you know i don't know how qualified i am to do it as sort of a uh, um, you know, mediocrity, but, uh, but I would love to do that because I, I, I find it utterly fascinating. I think it's your mediocrity that does qualify you to do it. So, <laughs> I mean, luckily you're not mediocre as a writer, which is uh, more important. So, um, 
Cool. And last thing, Joe, the the world championship coming up. Do you, like, are you going to be watching? How 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 closely do you follow top level chess? In addition to sort of your interest in the content and uh, working on your game, I like I like recaps a lot. Um, you know, various different people doing doing recaps and breaking down the games. I've I've done a little bit of watching, like of live streaming. Um, not as into it, to be honest. I mean, it's, I think it's still pretty cool, but I like, you know, it's almost like in a sports sense, I like the highlight packages uh, a yeah. little bit better, you know? Uh, yeah. I like, I like when somebody says, let me show you this game. This is, this, this game will blow your mind. And the other four games were draws, but, but let me show you this one. And, you know, it'll, it, 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 there's, there's something in here that, uh, that you can really take a lot out of. So, yeah, of course I'm watching. I'm I'm very very interested. I love. I've gotten good enough. This is sort of like I I I feel like Salieri from 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 Amadeus. You know where I'm like <laughs> I can't do it myself, but I understand a little bit. I love that I now begin to understand the different uh, some of the different uh, you know strategies of of these top players. Like that, I I love that I sort of understand that Magnus Carlsen is this kind of player, right? That he's sort of, you know, a, 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 and I wouldn't say plotting, but, but, you know, that he, he's, he moves slowly and he, and he develops and he, and he really builds and builds and builds and builds. And then there are other players who maybe they're a little bit more dynamic, but also take a lot more risk. And, and uh, I, I love that I'm getting to the point where I at least begin to understand. So, cause to me, that is what makes, sports you know for me it's 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 watching the more i understand how good a pitcher and a hitter are in baseball you know the better i feel when i when those two face each other i understand what it means same thing in in mma or boxing or tennis you know if i can understand their styles a little bit better so i feel like i'm getting better at that with with chess uh and it's people like you that that you know can can explain that really well uh to me and and so that's i i i think that's pretty cool so i'll be watching i just don't know in what form yet that i'll be watching yeah totally understandable those games are epic and as you say so many of them end in draws anyway when it's all said and done there's a i don't know if you're familiar there's a raging debate in chess about how, to what extent the game should be sped up because if you have like the the online rapid stuff like that is a little more digestible but it also obviously uh dilutes the quality of the games um, and chess, of course, has this rich history of world championships where these matches are just epic. I mean, you could they some of them went for months, you know, and obviously now they they've got it down to under a month, but there's still nothing that makes that demand of one's time the way a world chess championship does, like no other sport, you know, not gonna get into the is chess a sport discussion. Oh um, no, I think that's right. Well, I mean, just I mean, just physically. Uh, that, that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just physically grinding in a way that yeah. is uh, is very difficult. So yeah, no, I, I'm 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 excited about it. Awesome. All right. Well, Joe, this has been quite a thrill for me. So thank you for uh, humoring me and coming on and talking some chess. It's been amazing. Um, the this book about Harry Houdini, well worth it if you're a baseball fan. Definitely pre-order his uh, top 100 players as I did, and if you're into nonsense and American sports, then uh, check out the podcast. Uh, anything else, Joe, before we, we uh, let you get back to your busy life? I think that sounds, uh, that sounds great. That sounds great. I'll, I'll just keep, 
I want to come on here when I reach, uh, you know, whatever, 1800, 1700, 1600, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in that range. When I, when I hit a landmark, I should, I, I want to come back on. So I yeah, that for sure. And if you go to a tournament, we got to do a, we got to do a, a postmortem. I want to hear, hear the, hear about the experience. So if that ever happens, uh, that either a milestone or a tournament and we'll make it happen. I love it. Love it. Okay. Thanks so much, Joe. Thank you. Thanks to everyone who helps make Perpetual Chess possible, most of all to my producer, Matthew Passy. I also would like to thank everyone who helped spread the word about the show. Did you guys know that there's still people who have not heard of the Perpetual Chess podcast? There's even chess players who have not heard of the Perpetual Chess podcast. So we need to fix that. And the ways to do that include writing positive reviews on podcast platforms or YouTube comments telling friends, all that stuff makes a difference in helping spread the word about the show. But of course, I most of all want to thank people who provide financial support to the show. Without you all, Perpetual Chess would not be possible. So without further ado, I would like to give thanks to the following people and entities. Chessable.com, David Lazarus of LazmanChess.com, coach of Dave's Young Tigers on Lee Chess, Quality Chess Books, the Capital City Chess Club, the Abysmal Depths of Chess Blog, Adapta Interactive Web Designs and Services, Apprentice Twitch Channel, Anidi Deer, Austin Clough, Benjamin Porteau, Bill Sigler, Kathy Carr, Chad Oliver, The Charlotte Chess Center, The Chess Central's Chess Blog, ChessMood.com, Chris Flanagan, Chris Lott, Dan O'Hanlon, Daniel Heat, Danny Davidson, David Mitchell, David Schreiber, I am Dimitri Schneider, I am Eric Rosen, Eric Tam, Farhan Thawar, Barasawaf, Gary Foreman, Glenn Downing, Greg Harfst, I am Greg Shahadi, Gregory Gullick, James Holyhead, James Kennedy, Jay Garrison, Jeff Martinson, Jeff Schaefer, Jeremy Nielsen, John Jernigan, John Rockefeller, John MacArthur, Kevin Forsyth, Kevin O'Callaghan, King Sell, The King's Crusher YouTube channel, Lucio Casada Silva, The Law Offices of Stuart Katz, Matthew Feeney, Michael Can, FM Michael Oblin, Mr. Mike Shahadi, The Famous Mr. Dodgy, The Nerd Nays Twitch channel, Grandmaster Peter Prohaska, Peter Sodi, Philip Flummins, The Playmore Chess Academy of the Hamden Chess Club, Reuven Fisher, Ross Crossland, Seattle Chess Club, Shane Unger, Stefan Kelty, Stephen Martinez, Sven Gerson, Thomas Stanix, Thomas Tachenko, Todd Bryant of StrongChess.com, Todd Kennedy, The Vintage Patsers, which is a Chess.com improver group, Wayne Beam, William Hogarth, and I also would like to thank Ace Viega, Adam Ralph of ChessEngland.com, Adrian Gutierrez, Al Hastings, Alan and Maggie Sue. Alex Pejas, Alexander Markovitz, Antonio Cancino, Antonio K. Leonfort, FM Andre Terakov, Dr. Andrew Perry, Angus McLeod, Barry Hessian, Bill Juniper, Bill Moran, Bill Trammell, Brad and Andy Rosen, Brett Howard, Lynn, Brian Chase, Brian Mullis, Bruce Scott, Brian Tillis of Palm Beach Chess, Cameron Davis, Chad Hilton, Chesspatzer, Spain, Dr. Charles Snodgrass, Chris Kiefer, Chris Wayne Scott, Christopher Baumgartner, Christopher Shabri, Christopher Wood, I am Christoph Zalecki, a.k.a. Chess Explained, Coach J's Chess Academy, Costa Carras, Courtney Fry, Craig Mallon, Daniel Ginsberg, Daniel Naylor, Dave Saylor, David Blaskotschek, David Brown, David Hamblin, David Cramley, Dalen Shelton, Tennis Parrish, FM Donnie Ariel, Dwayne Edmonds, Ed Daly, Ed Mead, Edwin Rodriguez, Ethan Smith, Evan Rosenberg, Ewan Richardson, Ian Mason, Felipe Melo Padilla, Fox Valley Chess Club of Aurora, Illinois, Francis Latart Lavoir, Dr. Frank Tortoris, Frank Zananis, Gary Andrews, Gary Lewis, Gautam Narula, 
Gene Stewart, George Harris, Giovanni Russo, Hans Schut, Harish Srinivasan, Howard Bihan, Jacob Kovach, Jason Apollo, Jason Murray, Jacques Perry, James Aspinwall, James Benastio, James Muir, Jason Woolham, Jadeep Chakrabarty, Jeff Anderson, Jeffrey Martello, Yep Hoyland, Jerry Wells, Jesse Takumos, Jesse McNulty, Jim Ratliff, Joe Dasano, Joe Valdez, Joel Thomas Ramos, John McAdams, John Tully, Juan Almagar, Dr. John Fallon, John Fernandez, John Fontaine, John Hartman, John Jeffrey, John McMurtry, Jonathan Slater, John Quist, John Tully, Jose Rodriguez, Justin Gardner, WGM Jen Shahadi, Joel Rocky, John Thompson, Grandmaster Josh Friedel, I am Kare Christensen, WGM Katarina Nemsova, Kelly Palmer, Kevin Pryor, I am Kostya Kravutsky, Krishna Gopala Krishnan, Kyle McAvoy, Larry Cook, Larry Ryforth, Laura Boyovsky, Macaulay Peterson, Maria Emelianovas, aka Photo Chess, Mark Shaves, Mark Fitzpatrick, Mark Miller, Mark Wilkins, Marco Bulatovich, Martin Knudsen, Martin Krug, Matthew Tedesco of SeattleChessMeetup.org, Matthias Plock, the Mechanics Institute Chess Club of San Francisco, Michael Allard, Michael Hudson, Mike Clem, Mitchell Fabian, Nate Gobel, Nate Solon, Neil Bruce, Negmat Malajanov, Nicholas Isabel, Olaf Mueller-Michaels, GM Pascal Charbonneau, Passy Passanen, Paul Blaine, Bain, Paul Clarkson, Paul Sweeney, Paulo Santana, Peter Lux, Queenside Management Limited of Switzerland, Randall Temple, Ricky Grijalva, Richard Hallenbach, Richard Tucker, Robert Callahan, Robert Tichi, Robert Turner, Rory Coleman, Rory Yearwood, Ryan Berg, The Say Chess YouTube Channel and Publishing Empire, Scott McKinnon, Scott Rose, Sean Krauss, Sebastian Finsterwalder, Sergey McCagan, Seth Ruzica, Sean Tracy, Silver Knights in Richmond, Stefan Roller, WGM Tatev Abrahamian, Thomas Brown, Tim Brennan of TacticsTime.com, Tim Seymour, Timothy Ha, FM Timothy Wall, Tobiah Rex, Tom Edsel, Tommy Farron, Tony Rotella, Tyron Price, Vishnu Srikumar, William Brock, William Peterson, FM Zhao Chang of Chess1000.com, and Zhivko Stoyanov. Thanks to you all for the support, and we will catch you all next week. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.